very, very much. Let's open your Bible to the gospel, not the gospel, but Acts chapter uh, 19 today. Acts 19, go ahead and find the book of Ephesians as well, please, if you would. Last week, we were looking at relationships at the beginning of uh, chapter 18 here, and we looked all the way down to verse 17. And uh, I believe that it was a very challenging time uh, for the Apostle Paul. And uh, I think Aquila and Priscilla were people that he met at the right time. And in verse 5, Silas and Timothy showed up at the right time. Uh, Paul had faced persecution in, in Thessalonica and the church that was started there. He had faced persecution in Berea and both times he was pushed out of those cities. He was in Athens, in Greece, and uh, was ministering there, but he was doing so by himself. And only had a couple of people, just a few people, who came to salvation in Christ during that time. And so he ends up in Corinth, and he's there, and he's by himself. He doesn't know anybody. Uh, Evidently, he was out of money because here we see him, he's working as a tent maker. And uh, so things in the ministry were, they were just a challenging place. And even if you're the Apostle Paul, it can be, it's filled with trials that eventually begin to affect your spirit. But the Lord placed Aquila and Priscilla there in his life. And when Silas and Timothy showed up in verse 5, Paul's, Paul was pressed in the spirit, which means he was passionate and he was just uh, on fire again for the Lord. And he was testifying to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And a church was started there. He spent 18 months in Corinth. He ended up making his way to Ephesus as we get to uh, about verse 18. And uh, he's ministering there, and they want him to stick around. They want him to stay and hear more of what he had to preach. But he was determined to get to Jerusalem uh, before the feast, before the Passover, and he was making his way there, and he, 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 he got there. We looked at that on Sunday night. He made it back to Jerusalem, went back to Antioch. He spent some time there and uh, departed and began his third missionary journey And he started going through Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples and uh, just ministering all the places that he had been before. Now you get to chapter 19, and he's reached that location. I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. We're going to read down to verse number 12, and I just, you can follow along silently with me this morning as I read verses 1 through 12. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And he finds certain disciples. So we see he makes his way back there. And he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. 
And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied, and all the men were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them, separated disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years. Notice, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. There it is in verse 10, that all may know, isn't it? He spent two years there. Verse 11, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from this body were brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now there are a lot of things to cover in these 12 verses. There are a lot of doctrinal things to, to deal with. There's a lot of things that I want to spend time with in these 12 verses. And so I'm going to break this thing down in a, in, a, in a few messages, not just one this morning. This morning, I want us to focus, uh, to start with in the first seven verses, with these certain disciples that Paul meets. Don't mistake these for the original 12 that, that followed Jesus, okay? These are individuals that Paul meets for the very first time. And I want to deal with these uh, individuals this morning. And I want to deal with this, sub, this particular subject when religion is not enough, okay? When religion is simply not enough. So let's pray and ask God's power upon his word. Father, we are grateful that we could come together. We're thankful for the singing this morning. I'm thankful for the many people who showed up early today and were praying over the services today, those who came and were practicing, Lord, with the worship team, and uh, Lord, just uh, those who came early to get everything in place where it's supposed to be. And uh, Lord, we all, all of those things are preparing us for this particular moment. And Lord, as we get in your word and hear your word preached, Lord, your, your word is transforming. And Father, we, we recognize that it's not just Pastor Ricky speaking this morning that affects people. Lord, it has to be you this morning. It is not me. And I pray, God, that you would use me and speak through me this truth this morning and minister to us today. Help us to learn some things, to grow in this area in our life. And uh, Lord, we're, we're all in different places. If there's one that doesn't know Jesus as Savior, may today be the day. May they quit putting it off any longer. And today be the day. And those who are saved, may we recognize some things and how Paul dealt with these individuals and apply them in our own life. And God, may you use us that all may know. And I pray, Father, that you would empower me. Lord, get a hold of our congregation this morning. 
All our troubles, all of our distractions, all of those things are set aside. Help us, Father, to focus on your goodness and your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we looked at Apollos last Sunday night. Apollos was in Ephesus. He was helped by Aquila and Priscilla. And now he has moved on to Corinth, where Paul was earlier in chapter 18. And now, after some time, it came to pass, verse 1 tells us, Paul's at Corinth. We see in the previous verse, verse 28, he's publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Now Paul reaches the upper coast and, came and comes to Ephesus and is introduced to these individuals. Years ago, D.L. Moody was riding a train. He was going from one location to the next, and that was the best way for him to travel. And somebody on the train learned that D.L. Moody was on that particular car that he was on, and he found him and began to, uh, I don't know if I would say the words dispute, but more or less that's what it was. He knew who D.L. Moody was. He knew the message that he preached, that salvation is by grace through faith. This particular individual didn't believe that. And so where neither one of them can go anywhere, they begin to have this, this discussion concerning doctrine and concerning Scripture. And it goes on for quite some time. And finally... Uh, Brother Moody says to him, he says, listen, after all of our talking back and forth, he says, I can sum up our conversation and the difference is in just two little letters. He says, you believe that a person is saved based upon what you have to do. What you do is what gets you to heaven. And every scripture, everything that you brought to me tells me that we have to be saved by our works, that it's, that it's what we're doing that determines our relationship with the Lord. He says, but what I believe the Bible teaches is this, and I just add two little letters to your do, and that are the letters N-E. That spells done. Because I believe that what needs to be done for the salvation of every person has already been found in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's done. It's finished. It's over. Jesus says it is finished, Larry Culp, and that was enough for the Lord. Amen? He is blood that was shed. Uh, there's, without shedding of blood, the Bible says there's no remission. And to him that loved us and washed us from our own sins in his blood... You'll find that in Revelation 1.5. If you look in Paul's letter to Ephesus in Ephesians 1 in verse 7, you'll find that exact same phrase. That is through the blood of Christ that we receive the remission of sins. And so D.L. Moody believed that it's not based upon religion. It's based upon what Jesus Christ has already accomplished. And I hope you believe that this morning. You know, the old timers used to say when a person's life was changed around, was turned around, they would say, well, Zach Moon has found religion. You know, that was, their, that was their saying. And I believe that they meant more to it than what a lot of people think. A lot of people think that going to heaven, uh, spending eternity with the Lord is based upon something that they are doing. 
And you, you talk to them, you have a discussion. Well, I go to so-and-so church. I, I've testified to you before, and in case you never heard it before, when my pastor, uh, when I was very young, took me out on soul winning, and we knocked on a door, and he introduced himself, and uh, there was a gentleman who, who, who introduced himself, and he says that he was a pastor at so-and-so church, and my pastor says, well, are you a saved pastor or a lost pastor? Because that's really what we were trying to get at. We, it wasn't where you go to church. Are you, do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? And some people think it's, you know, if I go to church, that determines whether or not I go to heaven. And some people believe that I hope that I'm good enough to go to heaven. And that's determining upon how they live their life. And so they're trying to, they believe that God is going to one day weigh out their good and their bad, and they hope that they have done their good outweighs their bad, and that will determine whether or not they go to heaven. There are some who believe, when you ask them, are you, are you going to heaven? They'll talk about being baptized. Well, I got baptized, and that's a good thing. All of these things are good things, but I got baptized at certain, certain time. Well, that's wonderful. But as Paul is getting to know these individuals... Why were you baptized? That's the question. And so there is this confusion across the world where people are trying to determine their path to heaven based upon their own effort and what they are doing. We call that religion. There are lots of religions throughout the world. There are all kinds, Buddhism, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, um, uh, Muslims. I mean, they, they just, I'm not even going to go name them all. There are so many different religions. And all of them have something to do with what they do. There is only one who has done it all. And that is, as he testified Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no, no man gets to the Father except by me. Jesus is the only way. When Paul meets these 12 individuals, he's having a conversation with them. The Bible doesn't give us every word that is said. But we see that he's having a conversation, and I know that because it leads them to ask this one particular question. He asked them a question in verse number 2. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? There's a reason he asked that. Because he's listening to their conversation, and he's thinking, something's not adding up here. What you're saying's not adding up to the to the to the way to get to heaven. It's not adding up with the Lord. It's not adding up to the doctrine that God's called me to preach. So he says, have you, have you, received, the Holy, have you received the Holy Ghost? And notice their answer. They said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't know what you're talking about. Now, let me say this to every born-again believer. Just because somebody says they believe in God does not mean they're going to heaven. If, if Paul would have led in this conversation and said, hey, do you, believe, do you believe in God? They would have said yes. 
and he could have assumed, then they must be going to heaven. Paul knows better than that. So just because somebody knows they're going, somebody knows God, they believe in God, does not mean they're going to heaven. He could have said, hey, have you met Aquila and Priscilla? I understand that they've already got a church started. Have you met them? Yeah, I've met them. I've been going to their, I've been going to their church. But he doesn't ask them that. At least not that's what's in the Bible. Because that's not the most important thing. You see, he asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, since the day you believed? And they said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never heard of the Holy Ghost. Well, that tells Paul something. Can you hold your place right here? This is important going forward. Go to, go to Ephesians chapter 1, okay? Paul's in Ephesus, so you can figure out who the letter to the Ephesians is written to. And it's written to a while later. And this is important. He says, look at verse 12 of chapter 1. He says, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, and whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Paul is reminding them here. This is how you became believers. You heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation, you heard it. And after, verse 13, you believed. After you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. After you became believers, you, were, you received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life. So that is, as we read through the Bible, that shows up time and time and time again. So he's asking him a question. Go back to Acts, Acts 19. He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we don't, we don't know what you're talking about. We not, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So he asked them a second question, verse 3. He said to them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Oh, okay, that explains. Now we're getting somewhere. Well, why, you said you were baptized. Why are you baptized? We were baptized under John's baptism. Okay. Well, you remember, he's talking about John the Baptist's message. John the Baptist's message was to prepare the way of the Lord. He was preaching a message of repentance that people would recognize the Messiah is coming soon. And he's preaching to the Jews and they needed to repent and change their heart. And as a, as a recognition of that, they were baptized publicly, which made a statement of their faith. And so that was to say the Messiah is coming. But once, Jesus, but once Jesus has died upon the cross and was buried and rose again the third day, that does away with John's baptism. Are you with me? 
Because Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 28, Go ye into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Right? And so that, that changed. And so Paul is going around. Look in, you're in Acts 19, look in Acts chapter 8, okay? I want you to see this, Acts chapter 8. Look with me in Philip's conversation with the Ethiopian eunuch. Look there with me in verse 36, all right? Acts 8, verse 36. Philip, the eunuch, was sitting in his chariot. Let's just call it his car, okay? He's sitting in his car. He's got the scriptures. He's reading Isaiah 53, if you really want to look at that. He's reading Isaiah 53. Philip comes up to him, and he says, hey, what's what you reading there? Do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I except some man should guide me? And so, so Philip sits down with him and he takes Isaiah 53 and he begins to say, he begins to teach him. Isaiah 53 is prophesying about Jesus and he's witnessing, he's testifying to him and he's telling him about the death, the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And so you get to verse 36 and it says, as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? I want to get baptized. I've seen other people baptized. And what hinders them, Philip answers in verse 37. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Before baptism, it's a relationship with God found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who had died upon the cross for the sins of the world, was buried and rose again the third day. We celebrate that day as a day called Easter, coming up on April the 9th, right? That is the first decision every person must make. Go to uh, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And... Uh, just read with me, beginning in verse 34. Peter opened his mouth. He's, he's speaking to Cornelius, who is a Gentile. There's a lot of things going on in Acts chapter 10. And, and he gets to him, and he said, Peter opened his mouth, and he says, Of a truth, I perceive God is no respecter of persons. What does that mean? It means, in Peter's mind, even God wants the Gentiles to be saved. God wants every nation and every color to be saved. Amen? But he says in verse 35, In every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent on the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say you know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. This is the message. John baptized, verse 37, but it all changes, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree, the cross, him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. He's resurrected. Verse 41. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. What is that? That means he didn't, he didn't show up on CNN so that everybody could see him rose from the dead, but he did show up 
with individuals who testified, witnessed and testified of that. Verse 41, uh, verse 42, and he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that, he, that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness. All the Old Testament scriptures are prophesying of Jesus Christ that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Amen? So that you just, you just keep on going. Go to Acts 16. Acts 16. All right? Paul and Silas, they've been in prison in Philippi. They have, been, they have been whipped and received 39 lashes on their back. They are in the prison cell. And at midnight, what are they doing? They are praying and they are singing unto the Lord. And about that time, an earthquake happened. And all the shackles fall off and all the prison bars are opened. And the Philippian jailer, when he recognizes this, he's going to take his own life. But look at verse 28. Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we're all here. And he called for a light. He sprang in, he came trembling, and he fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul doesn't say you need to get religion. Paul doesn't say you need to get baptized with John's baptism. Paul doesn't say you need to join the First Baptist Church of Philippi. Paul doesn't say you need to get baptized first. His answer, verse 31, they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. It's believing in the Lord. Verse 34, after he was baptized, he, he brought them into his house. The jailer did. He set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. It's not religion that saves anyone. Now, believe it or not, I'm just about done here. All God's people said, yeah. That's what I'm going to say when y'all come to my office. <laughs> Pastor, I need to talk to you. You got your own time frame. Now listen. Paul is talking to these guys who are no doubt really good guys. There's a good chance they even heard the name Jesus. And they've heard what happened in Jerusalem. But these guys, if you look at the time frame from John's baptism message to the time Paul shows up in Ephesus, it's anywhere from 20 to 25 years. Zach, these are good old boys. Are you with me? These are just good old boys who believe that they've done enough. And Paul is about to shake up their world. Because they're missing something very, very important. And that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion never gets anyone to heaven. Doing good never gets anyone to heaven. Because, Blake, here's the, here, I, can, I can destroy that argument with one thing, and that is this. Your goodness 
is never weighed against the goodness of someone else. Your goodness has to be compared to Jesus Christ. And none of us can say, I've lived my life without sin. Don't care how good you are. All of sin have come short. Don't care how good you are. Nobody. Don't compare yourself to me. You're better than me. I'll give you, you're better than me. You're better than any other person we know. We're not, we're not even going to, Paul's not even going to deal with that. Not worried about that. Is what have you done with Jesus? Why did Jesus die on the cross if you're so good, Denise? Why did he die on the cross? Because you're not good enough. It's not that you're bad. You're just not good enough. And he never says, but if you keep trying, if you keep trying, Denise, maybe you'll eventually get there. He never says that. He says, by grace we're saved through faith. Meaning God gives us something that we never deserved to begin with. Y'all with me? You never, you never deserved to begin with. And so there's no doubt Paul gives them the gospel here. I know that he did so, say what's not there, but I know he did so because I'm comparing everything that he's always preached and said before. He's not going to suddenly say, okay, you've got to repent of your sin. If thou, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Brandon Prince, he's even in this church for a number of months. He just got saved three months ago. He heard it and heard it and heard it, heard it. Because if you're in the whole house, you're going to hear it. Finally realized, y'all remember Christmas Day, you got baptized. You got saved that week, got baptized. I was at the ball game up here at Brewer High School. My kid playing a ball game and I get a text. Just want to let you know, I got saved tonight. Got baptized Christmas Day. There's a lot of really, really good people that's going to die and go to hell. Because they've thought for all these years they've done it right. And the whole time they denied Jesus Christ to be their Savior. So how do I do that? Well, this is what you do. You realize that you're a sinner. You realize that you can't get to heaven on your own. You are a sinner who falls short of God. You realize that heaven is a perfect place. There's no sin. There's no darkness. There's no death. There's no tears, there's no hurting, any of those things. Why is there none of those things? Because sin cannot enter there. And therefore, this sinless person cannot enter there. So how does that happen? I have to be forgiven 
And those sins have to be washed away. They have to be atoned and changed. And God's spirit transforms me. He's transforming me in this life. So that I can say, I'm not everything, Garrett. I'm not the dad that I want to be, but I'm a whole lot better than the dad I used to be. That's not because of me, that's because of God. And so many people reject that very simplistic message. You know what was great about these 12? These 12 didn't have to be beat over the head with the Bible. They listen. Look what happens here. Verse 4, then said Paul, John, verily, he truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They became believers and were baptized in the name of Christ. He did not have to take a Bible and beat them over the head. He didn't have to pray them in. He just shared the truth of who Jesus was. And they accepted it. And one day I'm going to meet them in heaven, aren't you? Now, like I said, there's a number of things I need to deal with here. But for this particular message, I just wanted to deal with the fact that a lot of people are trusting religion, goodness, themselves to get to heaven. And God said you could never do that. Can I close with Ephesians chapter 2? Can, can you turn to Ephesians chapter 2? Go back. You was in Ephesians 1 just a minute ago. Again, Paul's writing this letter to the 12 as well as many others who get saved and come to Christ. And let's just get to the heart of the matter. Verse 8. He says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves... It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That means if I could do it, I would be telling the world how good that I am. And I would be bragging and boasting upon myself because that is our human nature. But I can't do that because salvation is not based upon myself. It's based upon the gift that God gave me. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the only way. So the only way to get there is to receive that gift that God gives us through Christ. And that is the message, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that is a message that you need to receive today. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
this is where you need to be challenged. There are a lot of good people who don't know what you're talking about. And they need someone to sit down with them and share with them just who Jesus is. Are you with me? They're good people. All they believe in, preacher, they told me they believed in God. Oh, preacher, they go to church faithfully every week. Why did you get baptized? Does the Holy Spirit convict you of your sin when you do wrong? Is God all over you when you're making a mistake and you know it's out of the will of God? Why is it not bothering you? Jesus Christ is the only way. I'm going to close, though, with verse 10. Because he does say, for we are his workmanship. Isn't that what it says? Created unto what? Unto good works. <gasps> Pass your conscience. No. Carson, you got something to do because you are saved. Hello? You know where you ought to be? If you're a Christian, you know where you ought to be on Sunday? Hello? You know where you ought to be? You ought to be serving somebody. You ought to be outreach. You ought to be telling people about Jesus Christ. It's not because you're going, not, not, not to get you to heaven, because you're going to heaven. Right? There ought to be a transformation in the life of every Christian that you care about the things of God more and more and more and more. It should happen. That is a testimony. That person really got it. That person really gets it. They understand it. They know exactly what it is. It's the people who don't ever change that I have to sit back and say, I just don't know. I don't know if they got it. I think they just might have religion. What's your case today? I'm thankful these 12. That's how Paul started his church. First 12 members right there. Religious people who did not know Jesus Christ. That's where he started his church. And that church, as we just read, I, I read it a little bit ahead. But out of that church, everybody in Asia is going to hear about Jesus Christ. That's a powerful church, isn't it? It began with 12 religious people who didn't know who Jesus was, but they got saved and their life was turned upside down and they wanted to do something for God in their generation. Can we bow our heads? There's going to be people at the